you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's Word that we'll give our attention to this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10. I'm going to set the context just a little bit. In these verses, the Apostle Peter is speaking to a Gentile man named Cornelius. He had been sent by God to Cornelius' house to share the good news of salvation with him and his family. And this is part of what Peter had to say. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. This is the word of our Lord. Jesus' baptism that we heard about in our Gospel reading today is one of those events that in some ways could seem kind of routine. And at the same time, it's an event that's absolutely unique. And here's what I mean. It wasn't just Jesus. Many people were making their way out to the Judean wilderness to be baptized by John. Maybe you can picture Jesus standing in line like everyone else, looking essentially like everyone else, taking his turn down there in the water, just like everyone else. Pretty routine. But of course, Jesus' baptism was different than it was for everyone else. He had no sins to be washed clean up. Nothing for which John could say to Jesus, Repent. The truth is, he was there in our place. He was there in the place of all sinners. As he said, it's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. This baptism was part of God's plan for Jesus. We also know that God had another purpose in mind for Jesus' baptism. Here, he would be anointed with the Holy Spirit, and according to his human nature, he would be equipped for his work as our Savior. Here also, Jesus would be publicly introduced as the Savior that God had promised since the beginning. But this too was not so unusual. Many of God's leaders in the past, deliverers and champions, they also had been anointed prophets, priests, and kings, publicly introduced to the people of Israel from God. You know, we have that custom today still. When a governor or a president begins their term, there's an inauguration. When a king or queen begins their reign, there's a coronation. When a called worker begins their service in a congregation, we have an installation. In each case, this public ceremony to mark the beginning of that person's work. That's just what God arranged for Jesus on the day of his baptism. 
But here's the difference. Here's what makes this really so unique. When somebody is installed or coronated or inaugurated, they're usually designated for a certain group of people, for a certain state or country or kingdom or congregation. Their jurisdiction, so to speak, their authority, the scope of the people that they serve is limited. But when God anointed Jesus at his baptism, it was for all people. And that had always been the plan. So many years earlier, through the prophet Isaiah, God said this to Jesus, the anointed one. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. In our reading from Isaiah today, we heard this, I will make you to be a covenant for the people, yes, but also a light for the Gentiles. On the banks of the Jordan River, God introduced Jesus as the Savior of the whole world, the anointed one who came for all nations. What a comfort for someone like Cornelius, and for all of us when we're kind of feeling like outsiders looking in. And what an important lesson for someone like Peter, and for all of us when we kind of see ourselves as insiders and can be tempted to think that God's grace in Jesus must be limited in some way. Let's start with Cornelius. His name is not mentioned at all in our verses, but as I said, this is the person that Peter was speaking with when he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. We're introduced to Cornelius back at the beginning of this chapter. There we're told that at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So Cornelius is a Gentile who lived away from the worship center in Jerusalem, but someone who was a believer and a worshiper of the one true God of Israel. He was a convert to Judaism, Though it's likely that he probably didn't follow all of the Old Testament ceremonial laws, but still, he lived his faith. He was generous with his gifts. He was faithful in his prayers, but still kind of an outsider. He knew some things about Jesus in his ministry, but he didn't know all of the details, and he didn't know all of the result of it. And so it's likely that he kind of wondered, you know, does God's great rescue plan, does that really include me, my household too? And so the words that Peter spoke to him were just exactly what he needed to hear. God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. God demonstrated that truth to Cornelius in some pretty remarkable ways. 
Earlier in this chapter, we're told that to this Gentile, God sent one of his holy angels to instruct him to send for the Apostle Peter, who at the time was just down the coast in the city of Joppa, and have him come to bring a message from the Lord. God sent angels to people like Abraham and Jacob, the great prophet Elijah, to Mary and Joseph, to Peter and John, but now also to this Gentile, Cornelius. And who did God assign the task of going to this Gentile's home to share the good news with him? Peter. Not his brother Andrew. Not Bartholomew or one of the lesser known apostles, but Peter. The rock. The self-appointed spokesman of the twelve. God does not show favoritism. Best of all, God made sure that Cornelius heard the message of Jesus' finished work for him, for his family, for his household, and for all people. When Peter got there that day to all who were listening, he shared with them how Jesus had been crucified for our sins, how he had risen again, and how he was seen alive by his followers, and how he told them to take this message of salvation through faith in Jesus to the ends of the earth. After hearing that message, we're told that God poured out His Spirit on Cornelius and his household and welcomed all of them into His family through holy baptism. What a comfort for Cornelius to see and hear so clearly that truth that God does not show favoritism. That Jesus truly is the Anointed One who came for all nations even for him and his household. And how often don't we need that same kind of comfort when we find ourselves feeling like outsiders for one reason or another? You know, maybe we don't have the same background or history in the church that other people do. So what? Cornelius didn't either. Jesus was still anointed for us. Maybe there's those sins that we've committed that keep us thinking that God could never truly accept me as one of his people. I'm sure that Cornelius and some others in his household had some baggage in their background as well. Still, Jesus was anointed to carry our sins. Maybe there are times that we just feel a little bit removed from God. Maybe it's our own doing or maybe it's other circumstances that have kept us away from God's house or away from His people. Maybe we're just not really feeling or experiencing that close presence and comfort of God in our lives. I'm sure there are times when Cornelius and his family felt that way too. And so like God did for Cornelius, He sends this messenger. Maybe it's a friend, family member, co-worker or pastor. Somebody who comes to remind us of Jesus' constant love and care in our lives. God does not show favoritism. Jesus is the anointed one who came for all nations. What a comfort for Cornelius. For us too. And what an important lesson for Peter. And sometimes for us too. Peter said, I now realize 
speaking of the fact that God doesn't show favoritism, I now realize, but shouldn't he have already known this? I mean, had he forgotten this truth? Was he reluctant to believe this truth? Makes you wonder if maybe God's choice of sending Peter to Cornelius was more about Peter than it was about Cornelius. After three years of face-to-face instruction by the Savior of the world, Peter is only now beginning to realize the full scope of his work. How could that be? After seeing Jesus reach out to that Samaritan woman at the well, after following Jesus into the Gentile region of the Decapolis to do ministry there, after hearing from Jesus the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, still Peter hadn't fully put it all together. And so before God sent him to the household of this Gentile, he gave Peter another lesson. While Peter was still in Joppa, God granted him a vision. In this vision, Peter saw what looked like a sheet being let down from heaven. And in that sheet were all kinds of unclean animals, food that would have been unlawful for Old Testament Israelites to eat. But then God told Peter, get up, kill, and eat. And Peter said, God, nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. God told Peter, don't call impure what I say is clean. And Peter got the message. When he arrived at Cornelius' house, he said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. All of this was a little bit new for Peter. Being so close with these Gentiles, understanding that God accepted them through faith in Jesus in the same way that he had accepted Peter. This is something that Peter would continue to struggle with in the years ahead. You know, in the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians, he talks about a time that he had to oppose Peter to his face because Peter had fallen back into these old ways, keeping away from the Gentiles as if they were somehow less than the people of Israel. But Peter was one of those that God had chosen to take the message of salvation to the ends of the earth. And so he needed this lesson and the lessons that would follow to remind him that Jesus was the anointed one who came for all nations. Sometimes maybe we need that lesson as well. You know, that distinction between Jew and Gentile, I don't think that's one that really troubles us much anymore. But at times, we're tempted to make other distinctions about maybe who is or who isn't really a good fit for the kingdom. Maybe it's that co-worker whose lifestyle as we see it just doesn't seem like it would be a good match for the family of God. Maybe that person who's always talking about politics on one side or the other, we think they're not going to fit very well in this church. Maybe it's the way a person looks or the way they dress or the way that they speak. All sorts of different little distinctions that we can be tempted to make. 
things that we can begin to think maybe should keep people away. And the truth is, there is a distinction that should keep people away from God's presence. But it's not one that's unique to just certain people or certain classes of people. It's one that we all share. It's that damning problem of sin. Whether we feel like outsiders or look like insiders, we all share this problem of sin. And because of it, we all are in the same boat, deserving of God's punishment for that sin. The only remedy, the only thing that can overcome it is the good news of peace through Jesus. That's what Peter proclaimed in the household of this Gentile. He said that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This is the truth that brought us into the family of God. And this is the truth that we now get to share with all people. God anointed Jesus to do good. To live a perfectly righteous life in the place of every single person in this world. God anointed Jesus to heal all who are under the power of the devil. And that includes all of us by nature because of our sin. But Jesus took that sin paid for it on the cross. He rose again, and in doing so, he put an end to Satan's accusations against this world and Satan's control over this world once and for all. As we said before, it was too small a thing for Jesus to only be the Savior of the people of Israel. Too small a thing for him to be the Savior only of those who grew up in the church or who looked apart in one way or another. Now at his baptism, Jesus is introduced as the Savior of the world. The anointed one who came for all nations. And so this insider Peter was given the great privilege of proclaiming to a whole group of seeming outsiders this wonderful truth. All the prophets testify about Jesus that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. That's the comfort we need when we're feeling like outsiders. And that's the lesson that we need when we start seeing ourselves as insiders. Praise God that he does not show favoritism. And pray to God that he would help us not to do that either. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding Guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.